Hi, this is Brad Constantine, and this is a podcast recording of the Doctrine and Covenants of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. Even though this is not an official recording of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, every effort has been made to be as doctrinally and historically accurate as possible. Every day a new section of the Doctrine and Covenants will be released. I hope that you'll visit this often and be able to share this uh, with your friends. Thank you. Hi, and welcome back to the Doctrine and Covenants podcast. This will be for section 36. I'm going to read the heading first. Revelation given through Joseph Smith the prophet to Edward Partridge near Fayette, New York, December the 9th, 1830. Joseph Smith's history states that Edward Partridge was a pattern of piety and one of the Lord's great men. I'm going to read a little bit about the history of the church here that's going on during this section. Uh, During the infancy of the church, the Lord raised up righteous men to stand beside the prophet Joseph Smith in building the kingdom. The year 1830 saw many of these future leaders join the church, one of whom was Edward Partridge. He was born in Massachusetts and first heard the gospel in Kirtland, Ohio, when the missionaries who had been sent to the Lamanites stopped there on the way to Missouri. Shortly thereafter, he traveled with Sidney Rigdon to New York, arriving in Fayette in December 1830. Edward Partridge had not been baptized at the time he first visited the prophet. Lucy Maxsmith recorded the following. In December of the same year, 1830, Joseph appointed a meeting at our house. While he was preaching, Sidney Rigdon and Edward Partridge came in and seated themselves in the congregation. When Joseph had finished his discourse, he gave all who had any remarks to make the privilege of speaking. Upon this, Mr. Partridge arose and stated that he had been to Manchester with the view of obtaining further information respecting the doctrine which we preached. But not finding us, he had made some inquiry of our neighbors concerning our characters, which they stated had been unimpeachable until Joseph deceived us relative to the Book of Mormon. He also said that he had walked over our farm and observed good order and industry which it exhibited. And having seen what, he had, what we had sacrificed for the sake of our faith, and having heard that our veracity was not questioned upon any other point than that of our religion, he believed our testimony and was ready to be baptized. If, said he, Brother Joseph will baptize me. You are now, replied Joseph, much fatigued, Brother Partridge, and you had better rest today and be baptized tomorrow. Just as Brother Joseph thinks best, replied Mr. Partridge, I am ready at any time. He was accordingly baptized the next day. The setting for Doctrine and Covenants 36 is almost identical to that of Section 35. At roughly the same time as Section 35 was given to Sidney Rigdon, Joseph Smith received Section 36 for Edward Partridge. Edward was a successful and much-respected hat-maker in Painesville, Ohio, near Kirtland. When he left with Sidney Rigdon to visit Joseph, he was not yet convinced of the truth of the Restoration, but wanted to investigate further. He, like Sidney, had been first introduced to the gospel by the missionaries to the Lamanites as they preached in the Kirtland area. Apparently, Edward Partridge was so well-respected by others in his congregation that he was asked to investigate the claims of the Restoration for them as well. He was so honest and humble they felt that he would not be deceived in spiritual things. Concerning the visit of Sidney Rigdon and Edward Partridge, Lucy Mack later recorded, in December of the same year, Joseph appointed a meeting at our house while he was preaching. Uh, I think I just read that. Hold on just a second. If Lucy's uh, record is correct, then sections 35 and 36 were received after the 10th of December, 1830. In his own account of the reception of Doctrine and Covenants 3536, Joseph Smith called Edward Partridge a pattern of piety and one of the Lord's great men. Shortly after the arrival of these two brethren, thus spake the Lord, and the voice of the Lord to Edward Partridge was as follows. Verse 1, Thus saith the Lord God, the mighty one of Israel, Behold, I say unto you, my servant Edward, that you are blessed, and your sins are forgiven you. Isn't that something that we all want to hear? 
and you are called to preach my gospel as with the voice of a trump. And I will lay my hand upon you by the hand of my servant Sidney Rigdon, and you shall receive my spirit, the Holy Ghost, even the Comforter, which shall teach you the peaceable things of the kingdom. Edward Partridge was baptized by the prophet on December the 11th, 1830, in the Seneca River. He was ordained an elder by Sidney Rigdon. When the Lord's servant, servants act in his behalf, it is as if the Lord himself had, has personally acted. Great symbolism is associated with the laying on of hands. The hand is a symbol of power and is associated with the idea of strength, providence, or blessings. Priesthood keys, ordinations, offices, blessings, and so on are granted by the laying on of hands. This symbolizes the placing of God's hand or power upon the one so blessed. It also provides an orderly, observable, and documented way to convey offices or authority. And so that, this is a principle that has been restored in these days uh, by the prophet Joseph Smith. And this was by uh, Joseph Fielding McConkie. Verse 3, And you shall declare it with a loud voice, saying, Hosanna, blessed be the name of the Most High God. And now this calling and commandment give I unto you concerning all men, that as many as shall come before my servants Sidney Rigdon and Joseph Smith, Jr., embracing this calling and commandment, shall be ordained and sent forth to preach the everlasting gospel among the nations, crying repentance, saying, Save yourselves from this untoward generation, and come forth out of the fire, hating even the garments spotted with the flesh. This part of verse 6 is an allusion to Jude one twenty three. Elder McConkie wrote, To stay the spread of disease in ancient Israel, clothing spotted by contagious diseases was destroyed by burning. And so with sin in the church, the saints are to avoid the remotest contact with it. The very garments, as it were, of the sinners are to be burned with fire, meaning that anything which has had contact with the pollutions of the wicked must be shunned. And so also with those yet in the world who are invited to join the kingdom. Verse 7, And this commandment shall be given unto the elders of my church, that every man which, shall, which will embrace it with singleness of heart may be ordained and sent forth even as I have spoken. The clear thrust of these verses is that every man who has the Melchizedek priesthood conferred upon him is obliged or obligated to serve as a missionary. President Kimball said, the, the question has been often asked, is the mission program one of compulsion? And the answer, of course, is no. Everyone is given his free agency. The question is asked, should every young man fill a mission? And the answer of the church is yes. And the answer of the Lord is yes. Enlarging this answer, we say, certainly every male member of the church should fill a mission like he should pay his tithing, like he should attend his meetings, like he should attend the temple like he should keep his life clean and free from the ugliness of the world and plan a celestial marriage in the temple of the Lord. In like manner, Elder Theodore A. Or a. Theodore Tuttle said, I talked with a young man about a mission. He said, I don't want to go. I asked, what, was that? what has that got to do with it? We need you. In biblical language, to gird up the loins is to prepare for a journey or for work. The Hebrews wore girdles or sashes when traveling and when at work. On such occasions, they girt their clothes about them by tucking them under the sash to ensure free movement of the limbs. The servants of the Lord must be prepared to do his work and to go when he calls. Concerning the need for the saints to gird up their loins and proclaim the gospel, Spencer Kimball said, I feel that when we have done all in our power, that the Lord will find a way to open doors. But I can see no good reason why the Lord would open doors that we are not prepared to enter. When I ask for more missionaries, I'm not asking for more testimony barren or unworthy missionaries. I'm asking that we start earlier and train our missionaries better in every branch and every ward in the world. That is, 
another challenge, that the young people will understand that it is a great privilege to go on a mission and that they must be physically well, mentally well, spiritually well, and that the Lord cannot look upon sin with the least degree of allowance. I am asking for missionaries who have been carefully indoctrinated and trained through the family and the organization of the church and who come to the mission with great desire. Verse 8, I am Jesus Christ, the Son of God. Wherefore, gird up your loins, and I will suddenly come to my temple. Even so, amen. Among the passages of Scripture that the angel Moroni quoted in tutoring the prophet Joseph Smith was Malachi's prophecy that the Lord whom ye seek shall suddenly come to his temple. The Lord will make numerous appearances at his temples. The first of these occurrences uh, the first of these occurred when the Lord appeared to his servants in the Kirtland Temple on the 3rd of April, 1836. There are many temples, and it is, of course, the right of the Savior to appear in any or all of them as often as suits his purposes. References made to his future appearance in the temple yet to be built in the New Jerusalem. We would understand this to be but the pattern of a host of other such appearances in his temples. And that was by Joseph Fielder McConkie. I bear testimony that these things are true and that as uh, the prophet Joseph is receiving revelations on behalf of, of these brethren, that these are the words of the Lord to them and that uh, these apply to us as well. I bear testimony that these things are true in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. See you later. Bye.